Good morning. Okay. Welcome to Summit, everybody. Um, Mega Sports Camp is coming up. I have the dates on my phone, but I forgot my phone down there. Um, <laughs> but June 11th to the 13th, so everybody should come try to be a part of that. It's a really awesome time. Um, everybody has a card in front of them or on their seat in the front row. Um, fill it out, and we'll put it in the offering basket. If you're a first-time guest, be sure to take your card to the Welcome Center out front. We have a free gift for all first-time visitors. Hope you have a good service. Awesome. So we are kicking off a new series today called Spirit. And uh, I want to pray for us before we dive in. We're going to dive into a lot of things here uh, today and over the course of the next couple of weeks, and we'll explain what we're about to do here. Uh, but I want to pray for us this morning. So let's pray. Father, I pray that right now you, your spirit would come, uh, God, in this place. I believe, God, you are already moving and you're working here today. And so, Father, I pray that you would speak to us, God, that the loudest voice in this room be Jesus' voice. God, that we would hear from you and we would love you and worship you. And God, whatever you have to say to us, God, if we're distracted, anything in the way, Jesus, just get, just get it out. Right? In fact, right now, just while we're praying, why don't you just ask God to get your heart ready so that you can hear his voice, just to move in your heart today. Go ahead and do that right now. And go ahead and pray for the people that are around you, that God would speak to them. Jesus, we love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we are kicking off a brand new five-week series called Spirit. And what we're doing in this series, we are taking a deep dive into the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. And uh, so I've been really excited about this series. We've been preparing for this since December, just what we're going to talk about and think about uh, in this series. And here's what I can guarantee you. I can guarantee you over the course of the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about some things that for a lot of people in the room, this is brand new for you. Uh, we're going we're gonna to go to places in the Bible maybe you've never been, maybe you were afraid to go, maybe you've read it and you're like, what do I do with this? My, my church that I grew up in or that I've been to before, I don't think, I don't think they've ever talked about this. And so we're going we're gonna to take a deep dive into the person and work of the Holy Spirit. But I promise you that, that listen, when God takes you to a new place, when God shows you something new, uh, God is good. And so everything that God does and shows us and where he takes us, it's always good. All right, God is a good, good father, and so he has good things for us. And so just because something is, is maybe new to you or uncomfortable for you or different for you doesn't mean that it's bad. I mean, have you ever done anything that was new and maybe outside of your comfort zone, and after you did it, you're glad you did it? Anybody raise your hand? Raise your hand. A lot of people. A lot of people did I remember, uh, for, for me, something that comes to my mind uh, was, think about a couple years, uh, a couple years ago, we, we were on vacation. We were at a restaurant about to get dinner. On the menu was alligator. Not something that seems to be on the menus of local restaurants, all right? And uh, so I was like, man, I want to eat alligator. I've never had alligator. I want to try it. Cassidy's 13. Cassidy's pretty adventurous when it comes to food. And I said, Cassidy, let's get alligator. And she said, okay, let's do it. So we got, so we got alligator, and we ordered it. And, uh, and, we, and so the entire time we're waiting for our food, we're like, oh, my goodness, I can't wait. I wonder what it's going to look like, you know? I wonder uh, what it's going to taste like. And so we were excited about eating alligator. And eventually the, the waiter comes, brings everybody's food, and in front of me, 
He puts this basket of what I am convinced looks exactly like chicken nuggets. And so he walks away, and, and so I'm like, well, I guess I thought it would at least have scales or teeth or something, uh, but it looks like chicken nuggets. And so, so I eat it, and sure enough, it tastes just like chicken nuggets. And I say, Cassidy, what do you think this tastes like? She says, I think that this is chicken nuggets. And so, I, ta- I mean, and I'm telling you, it tastes just like it. And the waiter comes back, you know, like they eventually do, you know, at certain points, how, how is everything, everything's great. And I look at him and I say, I say, listen, everything is great, but I got a question. I ordered alligator. Are you sure this isn't chicken nuggets? He said, listen, no, I'm positive. Everybody says that because alligator tastes just like chicken. I said, bro, listen, not only does it taste like chicken, it looks like chicken. It looks like y'all went to McDonald's and ordered a six-pack of nuggets, and you put it in this basket, right? But here, here, he said, no, man, those are, that's alligator. And so here's what I learned. We really liked alligator. It tastes just like chicken. We didn't know it. It's a new thing, but, man, after, hey, that was a good experience, even though it's new. Listen, everything that God has for us, just because it's new, because it's, it's different, doesn't mean it's bad. God's a good, good father, and everything God has for us is good. And so we're going to go to some places, talk about some things over the next couple of weeks. It's going to be new, different for a lot of people, but we're going to talk about it because it's in the Bible. Now, I have one rule through this series, okay? One rule that, that, that I would like for us all to try to apply and do and follow over the course of the next couple of weeks, and it's just simply this rule. Whatever your church background is, if you have a church background at all, maybe you don't, but if you have a church background, the one rule for this series is I want you to try and set that background to the side, okay? So, so no matter what flavor of, of church background you, you are, uh, it doesn't matter if you have a Pentecostal background, I want to ask you to set that to the side for a little bit. If you have a Baptist background, I want to ask you to set that to the side a little bit. Presbyterian background, set that to the side a little bit. Methodist background, doesn't matter what flavor you might be. Okay, I want to ask you, if you can, set that aside over the next couple of weeks. And what we're going to do, we're going to try to plant our flag on where Scripture lands. We're going to try to plant our flag say, hey, hey, this might be new for me. Maybe I've never even talked about this. Maybe I've never really experienced it. But this is what the Bible says. I want to plant my flag firmly on what God says, because one of the things that I really want us to grab over the next couple of weeks is that the Word of God and the Spirit of God are not at odds with each other. Let me say that again. That is a massive thing. I need you to write that down or at least remember it. The Word of God and the Spirit of God are not at odds with each other. And a lot of times what happens in churches or in camps of Christians, they they try to put those things at odds or make them enemies when really they're just friends. The Spirit of God inspires the Word of God. They're not enemies, they're friends. But maybe your background is, you know what, there was a lot of things done in my church background that happened in the name of the Spirit, that we talked about the Spirit all the time. And so honestly, there were some things done that I'm convinced or I'm really not sure were of the Spirit. So when you talk about this kind of stuff, man, a lot of red flags come up for me, come up for me. A lot of, a lot of cautionary things come up in me. And so we're going to set that aside because, man, the Word of God and the Spirit of God are not enemies. We're going to see what God would say. Or maybe your uh, background is, you've never talked about the Spirit of all, at all, right? Maybe, maybe the only thing that some of us know about the Holy Spirit in this room is we know what we don't want the Holy Spirit to make us do. You know what I'm saying? Right, And so you're, like, your church never talked about the Holy Spirit. Your church, your, church did, your church didn't know what to do with the Holy Spirit. 
And so, hey, we're just not going to talk about it, even though he's in the Bible. And so the Word of God and the Spirit of God are not at odds with each other. And so over the course of this series, we're going to dive in. We're going to answer a lot of questions. We're going to talk about a lot of things that the Bible says are connected with the Holy Spirit. But here's what we're going to do this morning. This morning, we're going to take a really big, broad overview and answer the question, who is the Holy Spirit? Now, here's what I can promise you. Uh, Most of the time, if you're brand new to Summit, we have like one set of verses and we just kind of camp out there all morning and kind of pick that apart and talk about it. We're going to talk about a lot of Bible verses today. Um, And so they're all, or 99% of them, are going to be on the screen. If you're trying to keep up with me on your phone or with your Bible, I promise you're not going to be able to. Trust me. So here's what I would say. If you have the Summit app and the Sermon Notes section, all of them are in there. You can write down the verse references for you. But if you're just trying to turn or find it on your phone, bro, listen, man, I'm going to leave you in the dust, man, because we're moving this morning. We're going to answer the question, who's the Holy Spirit? And then we're going to come back, tie it all together. First thing you got to know about the Holy Spirit when we're trying to figure out who the Holy Spirit is, the Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is is God. So you open up the very first chapter in the Bible, Genesis 1, and God is creating everything. In verse 1, God speaks, and everything begins to come into existence. Genesis 1, verse 2, says that the Spirit of God is hovering over the face of the water. What that says is this, the Holy Spirit's always been there. Wasn't created, didn't come on uh, the scene later on. See, the Bible teaches this idea that God is one, but He exists as three distinct persons, Father, Son, And Holy Spirit, it's this idea called the Trinity. And the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. He's God, and he's always been God. Holy Spirit's not 50% God. He's not 75% God. 100% God is the Holy Spirit. You got this verse on the screen, 2 Corinthians 3.17. says, the Lord is the Spirit. The Spirit is God. But we also need to say this, and this one is important, even though it might not seem to be. Put this in your back pocket for later. The Spirit is a person. The Spirit is a person. So so the Spirit is not an it, all right? Let's talk about the Holy Spirit. When we talk about the Holy Spirit, we say He because the Spirit is not an it. The Spirit is not the force, all right? So as thankful as we are for for Yoda, the the Holy Spirit is not this one force that unites us all together, flowing through trees and rocks and all of this other thing. The Spirit is a person. Jesus in John 16 longest section of scripture where Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit's in John 16. I put one verse up here. Look at there, two times. What's he say? When what? He comes. He will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness. Why are we pointing that out? Because the Spirit's not an it. Spirit's not a force. The Spirit's not feelings or energy. The Holy Spirit is a person. Put that in your back pocket. We're coming back to that. All right? Spirit's God. The Spirit's person. Here's this one. The Holy Spirit lives inside of every follower of Jesus. The Holy Spirit lives inside of every follower of Jesus. This verse here, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, is talking about the moment that you give your life to Jesus. moment you give your life to Jesus, man, you're forgiven for all of, all of your sins. Your past, present, and future are radically changed. You get a brand new identity. You become a son or daughter of God. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you. Love this verse, 1 Corinthians 12, 13. He says, for in one spirit, we are all baptized into one body. Jews are Greeks, slaves are free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. So, so you've heard of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What Paul is saying is this, and other places in Scripture make this clear. The baptism of the Holy Spirit happens the moment you get saved. You get 100% 
of the Holy Spirit the moment you say yes to Jesus. Now, what we're going to discover in this series is that even though you get 100% of the Holy Spirit when you give your life to Jesus, he, all of the Holy Spirit is living inside of every follower of Jesus. Even though that's true, what the Bible makes clear is that every single day, you and I, we need a fresh feeling of the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled with the Spirit of God every day. We need a fresh experience, encounter, walk with the Holy Spirit every single day. And, and it, listen, if somebody says... Mark, you get saved, and then you get the Holy Spirit later. See, there's three instances in the book of Acts where that happens. We're going to talk about it in this series, but long story short, the reason that happens three times in the book of Acts is because the early church believed, based off of the Old Covenant in the Old Testament, that the Messiah came for Jews only. So when non-Jews or Gentiles, that's you and I, when they started to get saved, to be honest, the early church didn't believe it. And so to accompany their salvation, they would give their lives to Jesus. There's a family, Cornelius and some other people. It happens three times in the book of Acts. They give their lives to Jesus. Peter and Paul and the church leaders go to their house. And then to prove that Gentiles were beginning to be saved, the Holy Spirit fell on them at a later point. And the proof of that at those times was speaking in tongues. Now we're going to talk about all of that in this series. But today, if you give your life to Jesus, man, the moment you give your life to Jesus, the Spirit of God comes and lives inside of you. Romans chapter 8, verse 9 says that anyone who does not have the Spirit of God, this one's not on the screen, you might want to write that down. Romans 8, 9 says anyone who does not have the Spirit of God is not in Christ. So I don't have the Holy Spirit. Well, listen, your real problem is you don't have Jesus. And you need to give your life to Jesus today. But the Spirit of God lives inside of every single follower of Jesus. Jesus goes on and tells us about the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 16, Jesus says that the Spirit convicts and guides us. Conviction is, is when you as a follower of Jesus, we sin, man, there's something inside of you that says that's not God's will for you. That's not where God wants you to go. Not where God wants you to think. That's called conviction. Hey, you need to confess that to God. The Spirit convicts us. 16.8, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness. And he guides us. 16.13, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. How's the Spirit of God guide you? The Spirit of God guides you through the Word of God. Remember, they're not... Enemies, the Spirit of God guides you through other people speaking into your life. Listen, guys, the Holy Spirit can guide you with dreams, with visions, with words from other believers that the Bible calls prophecy. We're going to talk about that in this series, but the Spirit convicts and the Spirit guides. The Holy Spirit is the one who makes us to be more like Jesus. He's the one who causes us to grow. Listen, we're not going to grow spiritually without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will constantly take us to Jesus. Chapter 16, verse 14. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. I'll give you a couple more. The Spirit, 1 Thessalonians 5, 29. We can quench the Holy Spirit. Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 30. We can grieve the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk in detail about that next week. We could go on and on and on. I told you, you're not keeping up. I'll slow down. I'll show you the most amazing verse in the Bible about the Holy Spirit. This is the most amazing verse in the Bible about the Holy Spirit. John 16, 7. Read this verse. Nevertheless, this is Jesus talking to his disciples, and look what he says. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your, what's the next word? Say it again, real loud. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go I will send him to you. Man, let that verse marinate on you for just a second. Jesus is talking to the disciples, and he says this. Guys, listen, the best thing I could ever do for you is leave you. Think about that. 
I mean, if some of you all had a choice that Jesus would move in, right? Some of y'all are already shaking your heads. Yes and amen. Can that happen? I got a guest room, right? Jesus went to, goes to work with you. Jesus goes to school with you, right? What could be better than Jesus physically with you? You're at the restaurant. Waiter's taking a little bit too long. You need to refill. Jesus, boom, there it is, right? Stuck in traffic on 15. Jesus, boom, can you take care of this? You're on the other side, Right? You're at the doctor and you get a diagnosis. You hope you'd never hear the healer is with you. Jesus, can you handle this? Man, you're sitting around the kitchen table with your family and the, and, 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 and the money doesn't meet what needs to happen for the bills to get paid. Jesus is at the table. Jesus, can you do this? Jesus, best thing I could ever do for you is to leave you. Because when I leave you, the Spirit will come. Write this down if you're taking notes. Write this down. The spirit inside of you is better than Jesus beside you. The spirit inside of you is better than Jesus beside of you. Why? Why is that true? Here's why that's true. Because you see that word on the screen, helper. I, I, don't, I don't usually uh, geek out or use a lot of Greek in sermons, but the word there is the word paraclete. All right? Paraclete has several definitions. Here's what it means. The word paraclete, when Jesus says the, the, the paraclete will come, it means one helper. The Holy Spirit's going to come and live inside of you, and he's going to help you when you need supernatural help. When no other human being can come and help you, you're going to get a supernatural helper. He's not going to live with you. He's going to live inside of you. So it means helper. The word paraclete can also mean counselor. So you've got nobody to talk to. No other person knows what you're going through. Man, the counselor is going to come and live inside of you and know what's going on inside of you. Know your deepest hurts. Know your deepest thoughts. And he's going to be your counselor. You can talk to him, and he will talk to you. The word paraclete, it also means encourager. He's going to encourage you. He's going to remind you of what God's done in your life and who you are in Christ. He's going to be your helper. He wants to be your counselor. He wants to be your encourager. Jesus says, the best thing I could ever do is leave because when I leave, the paraclete, all of those things, he's going to come and he's going to live inside of you. Same thing just happened that happened at the 930. At the 9.30 when I said all that stuff, nobody stood up and said, yes, amen. Nobody chest bumped their neighbor. Nobody got excited. Nobody said, yes, the helper lives in me. Nobody, talk, nobody stood up and just all of a sudden started to testify about how the Holy Spirit comforted them at one point. At the 9.30, some of them looked at me the same way some of y'all are looking at me, and y'all are looking at me confused and disappointed. Why? Here's why. Because if some of us were honest, our experience with the Holy Spirit doesn't match up with what Jesus just said the Spirit does in your life. What do you do when your experience doesn't match what God has clearly said? That's a good question, isn't it? Well, I'm glad I asked. Thank you for your amen. Um, what do you do when your experience doesn't line up with what God says. Well, I've never experienced, I don't think that I've experienced the Spirit helping me. Mark, I don't know if the Holy Spirit's ever talked to me. I don't know if, if the Holy Spirit has ever broken through my depression. I don't know if the Holy Spirit has 
ever been that kind of helper in my life. I mean, Mark, I know about the Spirit. I can talk about the Spirit. I have ideas and concepts about the Spirit. But that kind of experience that Jesus is talking about, that kind of experience with the Spirit that you're talking about, I don't know if I've ever experienced it. And here's what a lot of us do when our experience doesn't match up with what God says. We shut what God says down. Well, thank God it works for somebody else. Does not work for me. That has never happened for me. That has never worked for me. God has never done that in my life. Thank God he does it with the person sitting behind me. That's good for them. Never worked for me. Right? And what happens a lot of times when our experience doesn't match with what God says, we shut what God says down. Well, Summit, what if there was a different response? What if there was a different response? Instead of shutting God's word down when your experience doesn't match with what God has clearly said, especially of the Holy Spirit here, Jesus says, it's better that I leave you. I know you would love that. I know you would love to talk to me face to face, but man, I am telling you, the spirit inside of you is better than me being with you in that moment. What do you do when your experience doesn't match what God says? Instead of shutting God down, what if there's a different response? And there is a different response. And listen to me, Summit, the Spirit can help you with this. So instead of looking at what God says and saying, man, that doesn't happen for me, God's never done that for me, that doesn't work for me, and shutting God down, what if instead we looked at it and we said, this is who the Holy Spirit is. This is what the Holy Spirit wants to do in my life. So what that says to me, if I've never experienced the help of the Spirit like that, if I've never experienced the comfort of the Spirit like that, if I've never experienced the encouragement of the Spirit like that, what that says to me is God must have more for me than I've ever experienced in my life. Amen? God has more for me then. Right? Listen, I don't care how much you've experienced about God, God has more for you. I don't care how much you know about God, God has more for you. God is infinite, and none of us have exhausted who God is. Amen? Ain't a one of us. We have only scratched the surface. That's why when we get to heaven, we sing, and and we sing in amazing grace that, that when we've been there for a thousand years, we've only begun to sing of God's grace. Why? Because the grace of God is infinite. Never going to get to heaven and look at the person next to us and say, what time is it, man? It's dull. We're never going to get bored. We're never going to run out because God is infinite. And God has more for you. Listen, so don't leave today. Don't leave today thinking, well, that was a good set from the band, man. Did you hear that one song? Man, I got chills. Woo! Right? That's a good sermon, man. That's a good sermon. Don't do that today. Leave today thinking, God has more for me. God has more for me. Summit, God has more for us, right? See, the Holy Spirit is the one who makes us more like Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the one who convicts us, who guides us. There is nothing that all of us need more than the Holy Spirit in our lives. So God has more for us, but the question is, do you want what God has for you? Do you want it? you got to answer that question for you. God has more for you, but do you want what God has for you? Do, do you really want the Holy Spirit to make God be real to you? And do you really want the Holy Spirit to make this word, it's already alive, but make it alive in your heart happen to you? 
Do you really want the Holy Spirit to move in this church like you've never seen? Do you really want the Spirit of God to do something in our community that we've never experienced? God has more for you, but listen to me, man. you got to want it. you got to want it. So I want to show you this, and then we're done. Acts chapter 1. You can turn there. All right, we're camping out. Last couple of minutes there. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1 is where I want us to see Jesus is about to ascend to heaven, about to go back to heaven. And look at what he says here. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. What's the promise? The promise that the Spirit's coming. Wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized you with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And so Jesus is with about 120 people in this upper room. Last year we were in Israel, and we were in this room, this small room where Jesus says, I want you to wait right here. Don't plan anything. Don't organize anything, because you can't do anything without the Holy Spirit. And so Acts chapter 1 says that they waited for the Holy Spirit. And what that means is this, they prayed. They started to pray. They started to pray that God would give them the Spirit. And I love what Jesus says there in verse 5. He says, listen, when the Holy Spirit comes, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. We talked about baptism with the Holy Spirit a minute ago. Happens at conversion. We're going to talk next week about being filled with the Holy Spirit and what that looks like. But I love that image of being baptized with the Holy Spirit, man. Have you ever seen anybody get baptized? Seen people get baptized here? Man, when people get baptized here, they get soaked. Right? They get drenched. We baptize some people, and they don't want to go under, and we just shove them down. You got to go, man. You got to go all the way, baby. Right? You got to get dumped, man. They come out soaking wet. I love that image because Jesus says that's exactly what you ought to want the Spirit of God to do in your life. You ought to want to be covered in the Spirit of God. You ought to want to be soaked in the Holy Spirit. You ought to want to be drenched with the Holy Spirit. And in Acts chapter two, the Spirit comes, and look at what it says. Acts chapter two. Verse 1, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. We're going to talk about that in this series, okay? So don't stop. Hey, what about that? We're going to talk about tongues, prophecy, all of it in this series. Not today. We're coming back to it, though, but watch what happens. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. Now watch. Peter then stands up, begins to preach the very first sermon in the history of Christianity, quotes a prophecy from a book in the Bible called Joel. And listen to what he says, uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 17 and 18. In the last days it shall be, God declares, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, for your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams, even on my male and female servants. In those days I will pour out my spirit and they will prophesy. Again, we're going to talk about all that stuff, but listen, Summit Peter stands up, and he says, listen, this is the last days. Jesus has went back to heaven. We're waiting on him to come back. What is God doing in the last days? Let me tell you, Peter says it. God is pouring out his spirit in the last days. God is not done pouring out his spirit. Did you know that? God wants to, it was right in the verse, God wants to pour his spirit out on your kids. God wants to pour his spirit out on your neighborhood. God wants to pour his spirit out on this church. Listen, this whole series is going to come down to whether or not you really believe God is alive. 
Man, if God is alive, of course he wants to talk to us. If God is alive, of course he wants to help us. He's not some idea. He's not a God out there. We have a God who is right here, living inside of us by the Spirit of God, and he is pouring his Spirit out. And so what would we do? I think the first day of this series, the only response that we can have is this. In Acts chapter 1 and 2, they waited and they prayed, God, give us the Spirit. I think that's our response today. God, give us the Spirit. What would happen if we didn't just pray it today? What would happen if we started to pray that every single day before you went to school, before you went to work, before you talked to your spouse, before you posted anything online, before you did anything? God, give me the Spirit. God, give me the Holy Spirit. Here's what I think would happen. I think it would help your marriage. I think it would change your spouse. Don't amen that. Don't, right? They need to change, right? Don't amen that. And I think the Spirit would change you too. I think the Holy Spirit would change your kids. I think the Holy Spirit would change this city. I think the Holy Spirit would change this church. Right? Right? Listen, when people talk about this church, man, I hope the only thing that they're not saying, man, have you been to Summit's new building? Man, it's nice. You ever heard the band? They're great. You ever heard Mark? He's good looking. I don't know why y'all always think that's so funny. I hope people are saying, I hope people are not saying those things. Listen, I want to see our church get to the place that when people who don't go to this church talk about this church, they say, you know what, I don't go to that church, but let me tell you what I hear and what I know about Summit from the time I did go there one time. Let me tell you something about that church. God is alive there. God is alive in that church. Man, when I pull in the parking lot, something is up. When I walk in, something is up. Listen, if God gave our church more of the Spirit, I think there would be so much love and unity in this place, people would call us a cult. You'll get that later. God, give us the Spirit. Can we just all say that out loud right now? Let's just all say it. God, give us the Spirit. What we need more than anything else what we need more than anything else as a church yeah. is, the, is a fresh experience, a new encounter, a deeper experience of the Holy Spirit. God, give us the Spirit. Man, don't you want to be a part of something supernatural? I like that everybody did not amen that because you should check it. Because supernatural is outside of my wheelhouse. Supernatural is outside of my comfort zone. I love to plan things. I love to have a good meeting with a whiteboard and draw and organize and make a plan. But I'm talking about something that none of us can plan. I want to be a part of something supernatural. Amen? Amen? Man, there's a lot of people going to summit. There's a lot of people. I pray to God that when people talk, they say God is alive in that place. God is alive in that place. I tell you, man, if you're here today and you're not a Christian and you don't know about this whole Jesus thing and you're trying to figure it out and you've got a lot of questions, can I just tell you one thing today? God is alive. And man, you're here looking for hope and you're thinking, man, something's got to give in my life and something's got to change. Listen, I got something better than hope. I got something better than a change. I've got a person, and his name is Jesus. 
And if you are here, man, and something inside of you says, I need Jesus, I need Jesus in my life, look at me right now. That is the Holy Spirit. Do not resist him. Do not say no to him. Say, Holy Spirit, I need Jesus. I want to be saved today. God, give us the Spirit. Would you pray with me right now? Let's just just pray. And that's our heart. Our heart's desire is the Spirit. We are going into this series, and we're, like I said, we're going to take a deep dive into the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about Him. We're going to study who He is, but I pray to God that's not all we do. I pray to God that we would encounter the Holy Spirit in this place. That the Spirit of God would do a supernatural work in our lives and through our lives. That the Spirit of God would do something in marriages. That the Spirit of God would do something in our kids. That the Spirit of God would do something in our community. But do you want it? And if you want it, it just simply sounds like this. God, give us the Spirit. God, give us the Spirit. With every head bowed, with every eye closed, if that's your heart today, if that's your prayer, God, give me the Spirit. Would you just raise your hand right now just so I can pray for you? Just so I can pray. Just raise your hand right now. I want more of the Spirit. I want the Spirit of God in my life. I want the Spirit of God. Just raise your hand right now. Raise your hand. Amen. 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 Father, we want the Holy Spirit to change us, to show us Jesus to help us to love you more and hate sin more. Father, we want the Spirit to give us power, to give us love, to give us self-control. Father, we want the Spirit to save the marriage that just seems like it's on its last leg. We want the Spirit to to bring back sons and daughters. We want the Spirit to move in every husband. We want the Spirit to move in every wife. I want the Spirit to send real awakening, not a planned thing, not an organized human thing that we, that we plan, but that the Spirit of God would move. God, give us the Spirit. Now, you might be here today, and you don't know Jesus. I want to tell you, He's alive today, and He's alive, and He loves you. And I don't have to know you or your story to tell you that. It's the kind of God that he is. Today, if you want to be saved, if you want to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now. And this is not some magic words where I pray this so I can go to heaven, then I never need to worry about it again. No, 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 no. This is a prayer that says, I want to start living for Jesus today. I want to begin to follow Jesus today for the first time right now. Mark, I need Jesus Christ in my life. If that's you, I'm going to pray a prayer, and I just want you to pray it with me right there where you're at. Just pray this prayer. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and save me today. God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me and coming back from the dead for me. Jesus, be my Lord and my Savior today. Help me to live for you starting right now. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Now, no one is looking around, but listen, if you just prayed that prayer, I just want you to put your hand in the air right now to say, Mark, today I'm giving my life to Jesus for the first time. If that's you, just raise your hand right now. 
Put your hand up. Say, Mark, I need Jesus. I want to be saved today. If that's you, just put your hand up this morning. Amen. Father, give us the Spirit. Give us the Spirit as a people, as a church, as a city, as a community. God, move in a way that only you can. God, as we begin this series, God, pray it's more than a series. It's a defining moment. God, you got more for us. We say yes to whatever it is. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Church, let's give God praise for who he is and and what he promises to do. What he promises to do. You know, Jesus said if you ask for the Holy Spirit just to be filled with the Spirit, man, God will answer that prayer. And so let's just continue to pray. God, give us the Spirit. God, give us the Spirit as a people. Um, Right now, our ushers are going to come and we're going to receive our offering. And also, you can go ahead and grab your connection cards. Every single Sunday during this time, we give everybody a chance to fill out their connection card. So everybody go ahead and grab it right now. It's in the seat in front of you. Go ahead in that pocket. Go ahead and grab it. Go ahead and grab that connection card in front of you there. Everybody go ahead and lean forward. Grab that card. Pull it out of that pocket. Grab that pen we've given you. And let us know what God did in your life today, how we can pray for you. Man, any decision you need to make, Maybe the Spirit of God is just leading you to, hey, man, you need to get baptized. You need to begin serving. Whatever it is, let us know, one, that you're here. We'd just love to know that you're here with us today. And, man, this is what God did in my life. Let me tell you what we're, what we're doing here. And we're about to take an opportunity to give. And let me tell you why this is, is a significant moment. See, one of the things we're going to discover in this series is Jesus says the Spirit is like wind. Can't control the wind. I can't make the wind blow, but here's what I can do. What I can do, I can set my sails up to catch the wind so that when the wind blows, it takes me wherever it wants to. And when you say yes to whatever God has, when you say, you know what, God, I'm going to begin to give. God, I'm going to give here online. Jesus, you talked about it. I'm going to say yes to you. See, what we're doing right now in this moment of giving, we're, we're lifting up our sails to get ready for whatever the Spirit of God might do. So we're just saying yes to God's leadership, man. So God bless you. Thank you for giving here or online. But when you give, know that you're doing something in your heart that when the Spirit of God moves, you are putting yourself more in a position to hear from Him and to follow Him. All right? I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to receive our offering. Dana's going to share with us just a few things uh, before we dismiss. Hey, uh, before we pray, man, I'm going to be at the welcome area. I see a lot of new faces in the crowd today. If I've never met you, uh, man, I'd love to shake your hand, just say hi to you. And uh, we got a free gift for our first-time guests. But, man, uh, meet me at the welcome area if I've never met you or talked to you before. I'd love to say hi to you before you leave today. Let's pray. Father, thank you for every person that's giving. We just set the, the sails of our hearts up. We say yes to you. Holy Spirit, that however you lead, wherever you want us to go, we, we want it. We're in. And so, God... As we give here, we give online, however anybody gives, this is a moment where we can tune our hearts and hear from you, invest in eternal things. God, lives are going to be changed forever because of what's going to be given here. People are going to be fed, clothed, churches are going to be planted here and around the world. This has a global impact. Every single week what we give, it, does, uh, it, it, it doesn't just stay right here in this church. It goes worldwide, worldwide. So God, use it for your glory. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen.
I'm struggling with this microphone this morning. So just a couple things to talk about before you guys leave. Um, like they said earlier, Mega Sports Camp is going to be happening June the 11th through the 13th, and it's going to happen right here this year. So um, you can actually sign up your kids online right now, and you can go ahead and get them pre-registered. Um, if you would like to help with that, we welcome all the help that we can get because this is going to be a huge event, and it takes a lot of people to pull that off. So, um, so we welcome anybody that wants to help out, and you can just let me know. Another thing that I just found out is the item for Operation Christmas Child. If you guys notice, this display that's out front, that is for Operation Christmas Child. And we're doing things a little bit different with that this year. We're doing a special item each month. Um, and there will come a time at the end of the year that we will back up and we will tell you guys every single one that we've done all year long. But for the month of June, drumroll please, it is toys. So that's a fun thing for you guys to get. And there's all kinds of different age ranges that you can get. And you can just bring those in with you on Sunday and drop them off out there. And at the end of the year, we will pack up those shoe boxes. And that is a tremendous way that our church is reaching other people all around the world. And we appreciate any help with that. Our goal this year is 300 boxes. And I think we can absolutely reach that goal with the size of the church that we have. If today's your first time, make sure that you go out front. If it's your second time, go out there too because we have a free gift for both first and second timers. You guys are dismissed.